0: What are
1: you gonna do, Commissioner? There's only one thing we can do. Batman. Sir, it's the Batphone. Yes, Commissioner. Batman? We'll be right there.
2: Biff bam pal. Batman. This is Batman Land. Be careful. Maybe a trap. Each week we chat about the 1966 Batman TV show. We're
1: Batman and Robin, a crime fighters. We
2: discuss the episodes that air this week on SBS Vice Land. My name is Dan Barrett, one of the original founders of New Batman Land and a digital editor here at SBS. So let's go, Robin. I'm joined here in the studio by my excellent co-host, Fiona Williams. Hello. Fee, how are you doing? I'm exuberant, Dan. Fantastic. Joining us in the studio is our extremely talented co-worker. Farrah Seljo, who is often heard punning in the office.
0: Exactly.
2: See, I even punned in French. (laughs) (laughs) Oof. Oof. (laughs) Oof is the word of the day. Each week on the show, I'm confident I understand what's happening, but then I sit back and realise I have no idea what it is that I've just experienced. So we usually try to do a summary, an extract, if you will, as to what we've experienced on the show. Fiona, can you help us out?
1: Ooh, I'll give it a red hot go. I will say off the top that this one is problematic in the egg stream, but uh, we'll get to that, I suppose. Anyway, the very foundation of Gotham City is threatened in this episode by a genius constitutional expert and master. Explosive specialist known as Egghead.
2: It's Mr. Egghead before other people, not Heggy Baby.
1: <laughs> he hatches a devious plot to take over the city's lease from its native landholder, Chief screaming chicken. My face is so red. Every five years, there's a ceremony to renew Gotham's lease in which the chief is presented with offerings from the descendants of Gotham's original settlers. The
2: original land was leased from the Mohican Indians for the price of nine raccoon pelts.
1: All of whom are currently, surprise, the richest men in Gotham. And naturally, Bruce Wayne is one of them. Anyway, old Eggie comes scarily close to revealing Batman's true identity when he deduces that only an extremely rich man could have the time to devote to crime fighting.
2: Crime fighting is such an expensive RV. In
1: a break from tradition, the cliffhanger has your man Bruce in the hot seat, hot-wired to a machine that has the potential to scramble his brain.
2: It will leave
0: you an empty-headed fop.
1: Suffice it to say, Bruce applies mindfulness techniques to stop Egghead from frying him to a crisp and gleaning his incredible secret.
0: Therefore, you
2: must be Batman.
1: And in a splat-filled finale, Egghead winds up with egg on his face. I guess
2: I laid an egg.
1: As Batman saves the day and restores the leasehold of Gotham back to the way it was.
2: Yeah, now there's definitely at least 12 different things going on in this episode. Yeah? Agreed. 12 different things. <laughs> oh. Okay, but there is one thing that I think we probably need to address sort of front up. Let's front load this and then we'll try to deal with some of the egg ridiculous aspects going.
1: Yeah. We yeah, are SBS. Forward. we got to. Tackle the big egg in the room.
2: Yeah, that's it. I mean, and the thing is, as SBS, we do have a responsibility to call out this kind of thing if we Mm. recognise in one of our shows. So when we first started doing Batman Land, I was very concerned, based on the way that the show deals with some very broad stereotypes and caricatures, that there'd be a few things that don't culturally fit with how we perceive things today. And this episode, surprisingly, it only happened midway through season two. I thought we would have had to deal with this well up the front. <laughs> OK, but we've made it this far. But we do have to deal with this thing. So there's a character in this and the storyline, I guess, more broadly, is really quite offensive to Native American people. Oh, you are one heck of fine pale face. Mm.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of red face and there's a lot of... All the kind of things you think would be in a 1960s show dealing with Native Americans are in the 1960s show dealing with Native American characters.
2: How? What? When? Where? Yeah, so, I mean, straight up, we're talking about red face and we do have an actor playing the role of Chief Screaming Chicken. Now, that name isn't actually just pulled out of nowhere. It's supposed to be a parody of the character that Edward Everett Horton, who plays Chief Screaming Chicken, he played a character called Roaring Chicken in F Troop which was a very big sitcom of the time. He was only in six episodes of that, but clearly memorable enough for it to be parodied on Batman a year later. So there is a reason why that exists, but the entire storyline that it's based in, I don't think is grounded enough to really sustain the fact that it's supposed to be a parody of this character.
1: Yeah, the joke's on him. He doesn't get to own the joke in this one. So. No,
2: and red yeah. face being that he is a white actor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And this guy, he was the comedic actor who had been acting in Hollywood since the 30s onwards. So he's got some legacy behind him as a comedic performer, but he's found himself in what's become a fairly racist role.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's pretty apparent and quite awkward and yeah, very in your face, especially, I guess, when um, Batman goes to meet him in that first introduction. It's
2: uh, With the awkward handshake.
0: The awkward handshake, the unnecessary language, just the whole tone in the setting yeah, just, it comes across quite bizarre, especially considering what other aspects of the episode. Like you said, there's so much going on. It's, it almost didn't need to be that intense. I sort of felt watching it. I felt like there were so many other aspects of egg puns and uncovering Batman's true identity, which I thought was so massive, but somewhat brushed over by the fact that, you know, his interactions with, with a Native American Indian was quite awkward.
2: Yeah, now, not necessary. Yeah, I think there's an argument that could be made, and I don't think it's a good one that because it's Batman and it's cartoon like, it's strong caricatures, that you can have a Native American Indian look like the very stereotypical depiction of a Native American Indian. But even so, there's something about it that just feels gross. Like, I don't think that's a good enough argument.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think so either. I think. You could have at least had him look a particular way for a brief scene or a couple of scenes, which he isn't obviously featured a lot but enough for it to kind of have that undertone. But I think the
2: language and what is done around it is probably what makes it the most awkward. Yeah, mm. the language isn't great. And, I mean, if they just had the character be a man in a business suit, because it is a man in a business transaction, that, that's entirely what it's supposed to be about, and just had, like, some feathers or something, it's still not great, but, you know, at least it's yeah, and to it's sort of, something.
0: Yeah, and to also have Batman sort of drive out into this area that's a little bit more open land and wilderness-esque. Yeah. Yeah, he's living tone. by the side of a highway. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a bit it's a bit unnecessary for someone who's supposed to have such grand power
2: as well.
1: Yeah, I mean we're dealing with terrible depiction. I mean, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Th- this
2: th- there's this... nothing about this that's redeemable. Yeah,
1: not at all. No, no, and I don't think they could have done it better. Well, yeah, I don't. It's just you shouldn't really you shouldn't have that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, you know, we are dealing with the in the in the series to date the depictions of women. You know, this is the '60s. It's the women are. We've talked about this is pre-feminism, whatnot. This is very. Very, quote unquote, problematic ways of dealing with Native Americans on screen.
2: Yeah. And just to maybe position it, because you are talking about the time that this existed in. When Batman's airing, so this is 1966, this is really at the tail end of a lot of the Westerns, because Westerns were big at the time. Oh, yeah. And so you did have, you know, cowboys and Indians and this kind of thing. So this is really just taking that and applying it to a modern day Gotham setting. For laughs. Yeah, in the broader cultural context of what was happening around in the 60s at the time, it kind of fits into that. So, I mean, it sort of looks as though it's just part of that broader culture. It's just looking back at it now, I think, as a single entity, single piece of culture by itself, I think it looks uncomfortable. I I wasn't really entirely comfortable watching it, and it just doesn't really hold up to modern standard. But should we move on? Absolutely. Yeah, there's plenty
0: of other (laughs) treats yeah, here was I thinking all excited. I was going to do was
1: make an egg yolks all day, but anyway.
0: <laughs> Isn't that
2: why I'm here? <laughs> no, exactly. And this is the thing. So we brought Farrah in here. So Farrah, you work as one of the editors on the SBS Food website. Indeed, yes. I do. What's your job to title avoid,
0: I'm trying to avoid the word egg now yeah. on purpose. No! <laughs> <laughs> um, Don't I'm actually be around the bush, no, Oh, No beating. I am the editor of the SBS Food site. Yes. So I deal directly with egg on egg <laughs> content daily. I have half a dozen just sitting in my fridge right now.
2: Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> okay, maybe this is the other thing to breach here. Um, egg ethics, uh, your free range, I would presume? Definitely free
0: range and also just smart choices about where your egg produce is coming from. A bit of knowledge, a bit of background research on companies and you can find all that online actually. Yeah. You can find out where your eggs are
2: sourced. Yeah, and I'd just like to put out this important thing because I actually care about this a fair bit. Uh, When you are looking at your various chicken sort of situations, when you're looking at your egg packet, uh, look for stocking sizes if that's available. Yeah. Because you may think that the chickens are free range, but they're actually being held in fairly small pens with a number of chickens all squeezed into the one place. So look out for that. Yeah.
0: Well, now let us examine this more carefully.
2: So as the story kicks off, we do find that Gotham's apparently been founded by three families. And I don't think we knew about this. I don't think we knew about the extent of the Wayne family legacy in Gotham. But apparently, when it formed, there were three uh, families that more or less founded the town. So you got the Savages, the Tylers, and the Waynes. And they did lease the land from the Mexican Indians for the price of nine raccoon pelts. And every five years, the lease must be renewed as per the city charter. Five years is a short time for a lease, but um, there you go. Yeah. Now, part of the storyline here is that Egghead has eventually convinced the chief to give him the lease. And so Egghead becomes the, uh, I guess he'd become the mayor, but he keeps being referred to as the commissioner because he's taking on police-based duties. Well,
1: I think the world's his egg basket. Really? He can choose he can appoint himself whatever he wants to be. Yeah,
2: yeah. look, and I'm no expert on the setup of Gotham and its legal stature in terms of, you know, who's looking after what. But you do have Egghead, who's out there trying to, you know, rule the town with his own, you know, thumb. He chases out Batman and Robin that are pushed out beyond the city limits, and he claims that they will execute them if they come back in.
1: This is the saddest day of my young life, Batman. What will be, will be. Goodbye, Gotham City.
2: You were my kind of town. And I would say that even though he controls the least of the city, isn't that maybe outstepping the boundaries as to what you're illegally allowed to do? Like, sure, that's a state-based issue and not just a local council municipality issue. Have I overthought this? Maybe. I'm just getting blank looks from everyone in the studio. <laughs> Now, because this is a, I guess, awkward episode, I think there's a lot of things that we don't really want to talk about in it because it's, it just feels so awkward. Like, I'm, not a, I'm not wrong. Like, no, it, I'm, yeah, I'm not it's, it's an odd one. Yeah. So let's maybe just pick out a couple of highlights we like from the episode. And we'll get on with our lives and hope that next week's episode is a little less of an issue. I wish I'd watched it before I committed to do this
1: podcast, but yes. Um, <laughs> me too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Welcome,
0: Farah. Not every episode is like this one. Um, for me, um, putting all the puns aside, I like the thematic approach to Egghead. I like that everything that he uses is egg-shaped. It's thought about even his window has bacon and egg imprinted on it. There's a scramble machine to be able to, you know, withdraw information from um, Batman's brain. So from his
2: egg shaped noggin,
0: from his egg shaped noggin, which you could potentially see the lines not really melding there in the episode, but that's okay. (laughs) It's all part of the fun. I do like that he tries like laughing gas makes them laugh. I think that is a killer weapon idea. I think more people need need to use it. I think laughing gas is genius. Personally, that that would be my weapon of choice going forward. Should I need to ever need a weapon, laughing gas is the one. Also, don't understand why Batman just happily, readily has a sad
2: tablet in his pocket.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's just carrying the uppers and downers for yeah. I thought he wasn't big on tablets or, or medications or.
2: That's a very good point. He is very anti-medication. And
0: all of a sudden, we have a sad tablet that he just happens to have on him which I was very disappointed about. No one in this world should ever have a sad sartupper.
2: <laughs> Whatever it is, it's it's awfully funny. <laughs> I want to ask you quickly, as a food expert, or the food expert in the room at least, it's claimed in the episode the Egghead has a diet consisting of grade AAA white eggs. Now, is that the only thing he's eating? Can a man survive on eggs alone?
0: A high-protein diet, obviously, good mm-hmm. fats. Yeah. Um... Obviously, if he was moving into the vegan territory, this would be quite controversial for him. He probably wouldn't have gone for the egghead approach, should that be the case. I'd say highly highly nutritious. Personally, I love eggs, scrambled, poached, fried. I think having a loose egg in the house is always good. You never know when you can whip up a crepe, an omelette, some muffins. It only takes one egg. An egghead is that, even though he eats a really obscure triple-A white egg diet. We'll just toss that in the egg basket with the other anomalies of the episode, mm-hmm. but I think highly nutritious.
2: Give me a break, Batman. What about you, Fee? Is there any sort of stand-up moments from this episode for you?
1: Well, at first I thought Commissioner Gordon was writing checks his body couldn't cash when he called Egghead the, assuredly, the smartest villain we've ever faced because I thought, come on, really? But then,
0: I mean, fair enough. Egghead. There's, there's
1: then, a lot of dum-dums in the show. There are a lot of dum-dums in this and show. And he does
0: come quite close to unveiling exactly. Batman's true identity, he, which is huge. He
1: twigs that Bruce is Batman. He just sets out to prove it. Also, and he
2: reasons it out quite nicely. He says mm-hmm. if Batman's going to survive, he needs a fair bit of money, so mm-hmm. he's probably a millionaire. Also, a millionaire doesn't need to work during the day. Exactly. And also, tick. crime fighting costs a lot of money. Tick. Yeah.
1: Tick, tick. And it's only as a result of Bruce's super special mindfulness training that he's able to block off the side of his brain that contains all the information about his secret identity. Otherwise, Extraordinary. Otherwise, his brain would be vacuumed up and every his secret would be out.
0: So, fair enough. Egghead is, in fact,
1: assuredly... The smartest villain
2: we've ever faced. Ever faced.
0: For someone who hasn't seen the entire series... Is he really the smartest villain that he'll face? Uh,
2: this is actually the first appearance of Vincent Price's egghead. Oh, so okay. When these characters come in, it always sounds like they've got a long storied history in mm. the show, but often it's the first time they're appearing. Okay. So unless it's one of the main characters like your penguin, catwoman, yeah. Joker, or Riddler, they're usually just created for that episode. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so there were a few things that jumped out at me on this one. So there was a weird moment right at the beginning where Bruce is talking about, because he's got the raccoon pelt that he needs to get, Mm. and he says that he bought a raccoon coat from a popular 1920s crooner who had fallen on hard times. Yeah. And he said he got it for a pretty price. Is that a specific reference to somebody? I didn't quite understand... Uh, I don't know,
1: but I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was quite a visual reference there.
2: Yeah, I feel they're making fun of someone. I didn't quite get what was going on. Uh, There was a weird mention that Bruce used to date the same girl as Pete Savage, one of the other millionaires in this episode. Yep. And were they dating at the same time? Like, I I don't know what that relationship is. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it was a bit of a random reference to throw in there. Yeah. But a bit of insight into Batman. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, Look, very much so. Now, we do have the great Vincent Price in this and for all the greatness about Vincent Price, I was mostly taken with he's dressed as a chauffeur in one moment as he's kidnapped all the millionaires. And as he's driving along with the hat on, he looks a lot like famed director John Waters. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah
0: that's not oh, a bad wow. Life. Okay.
2: Uh, yeah, it's a lot of moustache work, but that's definitely going on. Look, giant egg in a room <laughs> as well. Uh, there was a moment because everything's egg-shaped. There's a moment where Egghead has a bomb and for some reason the bomb instead of just being an egg it also had like a little bit of a plastic a shape pitch. going around the side <laughs> and uh, oh gosh uh it looked a little bit more like Egghead's head I guess Yeah
0: it looked a bit a, a bit obscure a bit unnecessary a yeah. bit, a bit, wild. A, bit a bit wild below the pants Yeah a bit below the pants probably below Egghead's pants mm. which is not what anyone needed to see no. Um but how quickly did they get out of the room once the once the bomb came
2: up Yeah <laughs> Look, there's a dirty joke I want to make there, but I won't. And instead, if we're going to talk about the... Yeah, well, uh, if the millionaires are escaping from that room, did you notice how they got ushered out by Bruce and then Bruce and Dick just remain to take care of the situation? Surely at that point, the other millionaires are like, oh, well, he's obviously Batman.
0: I completely agree. I thought the minute Batman and Robin jump up and actually use that route to get out of that situation, surely you think, hang on a second... Let's put two and two together. Egghead actually is an extraordinary genius here and he's actually uncovered it all. And unbeknownst to them, look, to be honest, in that situation, think about it, there's a bomb right there. You aren't questioning the fact that, oh, he is Batman. You just want to get out of there and save yourself. So to be honest, it's a, it's a mixed reaction because as a viewer, you're probably watching it going, okay, you're definitely Batman at this point. <laughs> but in that situation, you're going, I just want to survive.
2: See, my thought is that Tyler and Savage, they've both been ushered out. They've probably run out of the building, flailing their arms in the air, like, because you know, like I would. Okay. They'll probably flail their arms in the air, but eventually they're going to get outside and you just imagine that Tyler's turning to Savage is like, he's Batman, right? And he's like, yeah.
0: Also, don't you just think that maybe they want to hold that mystery because they've just been accused of being Batman <laughs> themselves. So they're thinking to themselves, hang on, I don't want to give it away. Um, Tyler might think that I'm Batman. So I just want to remain that little sense of mystery. I've got a 33% chance of being Batman. Yeah, here. That's a pretty high odd.
2: And if word gets out, I mean, obviously Savage, if he's dating the same women as Bruce, a noted billionaire playboy, sorry, millionaire playboy, <laughs> like obviously they're both pantsmen. They'd like the words to get out that they might be Batman.
0: Yeah, well, look, like he said, you know, a 33% chance, um, quite good with the ladies, I'm sure, in old Gotham City.
2: Yeah. No, definitely. Now, something I do like about this episode is there are a lot of the actors from other TV shows that have been brought into this one for good and bad, and we'll maybe go through that slightly. So a very notable one is Ben Alexander, who's best known for playing Frank Smith in Dragnet.
1: Just the facts, ma'am. Can you please give me
2: just the facts? He gives the very sort of winky uh, moment where he's like, just the facts, ma'am. He seems to be playing the same character and the camera holds on him just a little bit too long.
1: Yeah, it lingers long enough for yeah. you to go, okay, that's a reference, I'm going to look that one up.
2: Yeah, so I mean, mm. I kind of knew him beforehand, but yeah, I mean, these days I think Dragnet's kind of forgotten largely to so a lot of viewers. Mm. Um, outside of the idea, I think everyone knows the Just the Facts, ma'am, line, mm. but outside of that, not so much. Uh, but you've got a couple of other actors that crop through. So you do have the actor uh, who played Screaming Chicken and that was Edward Everett Houghton, uh, Horson, sorry. Um, so he was best known for F Troop, and that's what the parody is all about. But you've got a couple of other actors. So obviously you've got uh, Ben Alexander. Uh, you've got Bill Dano, who shoves his head out the window in the Batman and Robin scale, the building bits that they do. And he plays this character called Jose Jimenez, Now, Jose Jimenez was actually a character that was regularly seen on The Steve Allen Show. It was a very popular character at the time and there were comedy albums and this sort of thing around it. The thing is, and definitely evident within this program, very broad caricature of a Hispanic man. And so just uh, four or five years after this, he was actually called out quite heavily by a lot of Hispanic groups that started protesting him. And he announced to 10,000 Mexican-Americans in a 1970 cultural pride festival that after tonight, Jose Jimenez is dead. And so he retired the character from that point. And <laughs> later on, he was actually recognised uh, by, like, a number of groups. And, you know, he's gone on to become a celebrated actor. And mm. I, don't, I don't know for sure whether or not that's because he played a, like, Latino character on screen, or if it was really just the fact that he had the gumption to say, you know what, this character's been very uh, financially beneficial to me, mm. but I'm still going to retire it. So well. I'm not quite sure what element of that it was that they were celebrating. That's progress. Mm. And what
1: about your man playing Screaming Chicken? Did he ever have a public... Uh...
2: Well, I think this was definitely sort of towards the later end of his career. Right. But he didn't necessarily come out denouncing his, yeah. you know, offensive roles on yeah. TV. okay. Not as far as I'm aware. We'll get the fact-checking department on tonight. Mm. So when we've got a guest in here, we do like to talk some about their Batman bona fides. And Farrow does not pretend to be a Batman expert, <laughs> but... We're still gonna maybe have the chat with her, Batman. (laughs) uh, I guess, I guess. This may be excruciating for you, but uh, that's all yokes. It'll be an experience. It'll be fine. Uh, I'm presuming that you probably haven't watched the 60s Batman since you were a kid, if ever.
0: No, I've never actually watched
2: it. This is your first time. This
0: is my first time and what an episode to (laughs) jump into.
2: Excruciatingly excellent. Look, I know that when I first flagged the idea with you, I tapped you on the shoulder and I'm like, do you want to come and do Batman Land? And the look on your face is like, ugh. But here we are.
0: Here we are. Um, yeah, I was, I was probably pulling that face more so because, uh, you approached me with strong pun intended. So I felt (laughs) like, you know what, maybe I've set myself up here through all my puns throughout my pieces that I've written over the time at SBS.
2: Well, you've got a reputation.
0: I've got a reputation for a good pun. Look, I think they're forgiving. (laughs) I think they lighten the load, which is probably what this episode (laughs) needed. (laughs) <laughs> you so, got that right. Yeah, so because it needed that little balance, I think the egg puns really, uh, really helped. Um, I think if if there was something in the episode that was a bit disappointing for me,
2: yeah,
0: it was just um, because I watched them both back to back. I felt like the first episode really built up Egghead and his power and and how strong a character he really was. Mm. Whereas the second episode, he just flailed so quickly and <laughs> it all just turned into shambles. And of course, you know, justice prevails. But I just I kind of wanted it to happen a lot slower, like it did in the in the in the initial episode of like the like the build-up was so good. Why let that good thing go so quickly?
2: The thing with every Batman two-parter is they have a lot of stuff squeezed into both episodes. <laughs>
0: they sure do. I'm <laughs> sure there's a few things they could have cut, though, yeah. from that first one. Yeah,
2: maybe. <laughs> uh, okay, so you didn't know the Adam West Batman, but surely you've seen Batman movies and cartoons yeah, and I've stuff. Yeah, I've seen Batman movies, I've
0: seen Batman Simpson references which is you know pretty much what's raised me um so Adam West was not a new character for me but I hadn't seen the 60s Batman and I hadn't seen Batman so
2: okay so in terms yeah so in terms of Batman who do you think of when you think about Batman
0: now (laughs) yeah just generally who's your Batman oh Clooney
2: yeah that's okay there's no judgment here Um, Batman Lane is the judgment-free zone
0: I feel like I'm gonna judge myself later for that answer (laughs)
2: <laughs> Look, that's fair. There's so many good Batmans. Look, it's a fair judgment because uh, it's yeah. not a very good choice. But... It isn't a
0: very good choice. Yeah, say no. No judgment, we say no judgment, but... We say no judgment, but really. No, but, um, yeah, I feel I feel like I've been more partial to the villain characters. Like, I've always been a Riddler, Joker, Joker kind of gal. Yeah. Um, Just for their effect and the colour that they bring to their characters, I think that's more my bag when I watch especially superhero movies, I'm more on the villain side, even though I'm a good girl at
2: heart. Okay, when you think about the pantheon of great villain characters, you mentioned the Riddler and Joker, but surely Egghead's up there right now.
0: Uh, Egghead's pretty hardcore. Um, He's got some excruciating (laughs) techniques that he uses, so can't deny him of that that title just yet, even though he comes pretty quickly unstuck, if you will, during the second episode.
2: We should talk about Vincent Price. He's a notable actor. And it's kind of a notable appearance because in the second season of the show, you've had a lot of celebrity actors come through. And so, for example, Shelley Winters, mm-hmm. where you're playing Mar Parker. So you've got actors like that come through and they make a very splashy appearance, but they never came back on the show again. Yeah. Vincent Price is the first one of these big-name actors in season two to have a character that actually sticks, uh, sticks to the pan... <laughs> Um, And comes back maybe in the next season. So season three, there's a fair bit more egghead. There's going to be more egghead. There's more egghead. Oh, excellent.
0: (laughs) Excellent. I am excited to see this villain kind of flourish a little bit more, actually.
2: Now, I'm a little bit embarrassed because Vincent Price, he's been in, you know, hundreds of movies. He's definitely established a presence. I only know him from The Batman Show. Seriously. I mean, I know him broadly from pop culture, but I don't yeah. know I've seen him in anything else other than The Batman Show. Other than Egghead. Like, lots of classic movies, and I appreciate this is hugely ignorant because that films that are things that you would think I would have seen, but I just haven't.
1: Okay, well, you need to rectify that. No, I do. Well, you know, such a distinctive voice and the arched brow, you know, a mainstay of horror films. Have you seen Edward Scissorhands? And he oh, was, that's yes. sorry, he is in that, isn't he? Because yes. he plays yeah.
2: the creator.
1: Correct, yeah. yeah. Very late career role. But some of his early defining roles from the 50s, um, House of Wax, he was mm. in The Last Man on Earth, where he was the last man on Earth, multiple horror movies. Not largely the same performance in a lot of films, but... An iconic kind of performance, yeah, unforgettable. Very, yeah,
0: guy. very exaggerated, which is yeah, which is great. But I yeah, I only knew him from um, Edward Scissorhands. Mm. That was my only reference to him. So it was very interesting to see him in a completely different, still exaggerated, but a very different tone and feel to that sort of horror, dark
1: tone. And surely the dulcet Tones, everyone must know thriller.
0: Oh, Michael Jackson's. Oh. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Oh, there you go.
2: Yeah, that story checks out. Yeah. At the end of every episode of Batman Land, we do like to really discuss and focus in on some of the issues that we've learned from Batman this week, the life lessons. Fiona, is there anything of which you've Actually,
0: learnt- Dan... Oh, I- wait, I- sorry, Farrah. My lesson really has to be not to go with Clooney. It has to be Christian Bale
2: all the way. <laughs> okay. You wish to ba- recant. I, I, yeah,
0: I wish to recant that statement. Um,
2: yeah. Okay, look. That's I'm my gonna, lesson. Okay, so George Clooney, <laughs> he's obviously not in the best Batman movie. But no, I, he's not. I've grown up with George Clooney as a figure in my life. He was Booker in Roseanne. He was Dr. Doug Ross in ER. And then I've seen him in some very popular movies like The Peacemaker and many films since then. That's your go-to Clooney movie? I know.
0: I was just thinking to myself, maybe I should get you to come and have a cup of tea with my mother and you guys can chat over the the Clooney fandom that you're missing out on.
2: Look, I'm happy to spend all day, every day, talking (laughs) about George Clooney. And I just want to know, what is it about Christian Bauer that is better than our Lord and Saviour, George Clooney? Put me on the spot again.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Probably just because it's the most recent one that I've seen where I've actually felt quite moved by his character enough to probably recant my Clooney fandom. Probably just hand in my Clooney fandom pass back to my mother now, who will be very disappointed that I recanted, I'm
2: sure. I would have also accepted I just think he's hunky, but whatever. (laughs) Fiona? Yes. What have you learned this week?
1: Well, uh, I've learned that uh, depictions of Native Americans have... In 1960s popular culture have well reached their egg spirey date. Um, but also I've got a carton load of egg puns courtesy of Mr. Vincent Price and some of them are rotten but some
0: are
2: exquisite. <laughs> ah! <laughs> uh, Farrah, did you learn anything else this week?
0: Um, that laughter is definitely a great weapon to use and nobody should ever have sad pills in their pocket.
2: Excellent lessons take on board. Uh, from this hard-boiled two-parter, I learned a couple of lessons. Uh, first of all, I... And this is probably a bit more about the poultry farming that takes place around Gotham City. I learned that Paul's poultry palace has only eight hens and one rooster, which seems it's like a hobby farm more than anything else. Yeah, it's, it's not a serious the market poultry. garden. It really is. It's a front. Uh, but also... Ooh. Maybe it is a front. Batman should be investigating a little bit more closely. That's really next should. week. Yeah. You know, what is Paul's Poultry Palace really up to? Yeah. Uh, but the other thing, and this is much more of a broad issue, I just learned that good city government is its own reward. Huh. Are you diminishing that very broad lesson that I took away?
1: No, I'm thinking it over. It's yeah, all me about too. democracy.
2: Folks, this is the end of another Batman land for another week. Now, Fiona, you spend some time on the Twitter, correct? I do. Too much time? Possibly. Yeah, management isn't here, it's okay. Alright. If people wanted to get in contact with you on that Twitter, where do they do that?
1: You can find me at
0: anything but faithy.
2: Fantastic. Ah, uh, Farah, are you on the Twitters?
0: I am on the Twitters, but I haven't been on the Twitters in a while. But if you really need to find me on the Twitters, I'm on at Hurufinpuff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> when you created that Twitter handle, did you really expect to be saying it out loud to anyone? No. No. No, never. No, that's ridiculous. I've just broken
0: my own rule. <laughs> how does one spell haraf and puff
2: (laughs) uh pretty much exactly how you think you spell haraf and puff pretty much
0: spelling be nailed
2: (laughs) I've learned a lot about Farrah in this half hour and obviously Farrah is one of our strongest assets here as part of the SBS family obviously working at SBS food where do you find your work
0: Um, Yeah, so if you just jump on uh, sbs.com.au forward slash food, you can find all of our content that we're running and some of the features that I'll be um, writing on there as well.
2: I also believe that you take most of the photographs on the Instagram for SBS food. Yeah,
0: if you're on the Instagram's account, at SBS food, all one word, it's uh, delicious and it is totally appropriate to lick your screens.
2: (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) Didn't realise that the conversation was going (laughs) there. People can find me on Twitter at The Dan Barrett. Use the hashtag Batmanland when you're discussing the show because it helps people follow the conversation. There's so much conversation on the socials. There is after this episode. Very much so. Bingo. Also, leave reviews for the podcast on your various platforms of choice. Apple Podcasts probably being the most popular one, but, you know, whatever you choose to use, there's always a way to let people know. Also, share the podcast on your various social media. Helps other people actually discover the program. Fiona, thank you very much for coming along. Thank you very much for having me. Always appreciated. Farrah, it has been a pleasure having you on board.
0: It's been exotic.
2: <laughs> it's been great having Farrah in here as one of our more eccentric guests. <laughs> This has been Batman Land. We'll be back next week with a whole new Batman Land adventure. Stay tuned. Okay,
0: tape rolling anytime you want.
2: Hi, this is Michael
0: Jackson.
1: This is Vincent Price. Michael Jackson is... The Thriller. (laughs) Do we both
0: say it?
2: Say it together. I say inviting you to? All right. Yeah. Okay.
0: okay. Anytime. Taste rolling. Hi, this is Michael Jackson.
1: And this is Vincent Price inviting you to...
0: The, the Thriller. thriller. <laughs> it's
1: great fun. <laughs> it's great danger. Cut.